This episode is sponsored by Robin. If you're still using dictation or scribe services to do your clinical documentation, it's time for you to meet Robin. Robin develops all the notes and codes for your patient visits behind the scenes so you can truly focus on patient care. Robin's documentation is also more complete thanks to its one-of-a-kind smart assistant device. With Robin, you even get protection for your whole practice, including medical liability defense and audit support. Robin is the only documentation solution tailored for orthopedic surgeons. It's also the most affordable. Visit robin.co slash orthobullets to learn more. That's robin.co slash orthobullets. This episode of the Orthobullets podcast will go over the topic of bunionette deformity from the foot and ankle section on orthobullets.com. Let's start this episode with a quick summary. Bunionette deformities, commonly called a Taylor's bunion, are prominences on the lateral aspect of the fifth metatarsal head that most commonly occur as a result of compression of the forefoot. Diagnosis is made clinically with the presence of a prominence on the lateral aspect of the fifth metatarsal head, often associated with pain and callus formation. Treatment can be non-operative with shoe modifications for mild and minimally symptomatic cases. Surgical management is indicated for progressive deformity and difficulty with shoe wear. Now, let's get into the episode. As far as the epidemiology, a bunionette deformity is commonly seen in adolescents and adults. This is two to four times more common in women, and patients often have bilateral deformities. As far as the pathophysiology, the mechanism of disease has both extrinsic causes and intrinsic causes. Extrinsic causes include compression of the forefoot, for example in the setting of tight shoes, or when there's abnormal loading on the lateral aspect of the foot. Intrinsic causes include congenital deformities, for example, splay foot or brachymetatarsia, inflammatory arthropathies, or residual malalignments from surgery. As far as the pathoanatomy of a bunionette deformity, you will have a bony prominence plus or minus bursitis over the lateral aspect of the fifth metatarsal head. You'll have an increased 4-5 intermetatarsal angle, where normal is 6.5 to 8 degrees. You will have an increased lateral deviation angle, where normal is 0 to 7 degrees. You will have an increased width of the metatarsal head. Normal is less than 13 millimeters. And you will also have lateral bowing of the fifth metatarsal bone. Associated conditions with the bunionette deformity include a varus MTP joint and or pes planus. The classification of a bunionette deformity is a descriptive classification, and there are three types. Type 1 will be associated with an enlarged fifth metatarsal head or lateral exostosis. Type 2 will have a congenital bow of the fifth metatarsal and a normal 4-5 intermetatarsal angle. And type 3 will have an increased 4-5 intermetatarsal angle, which is the most common. As far as the presentation of a bunionette deformity, patients will typically give a history that this deformity has an effect on their activities and employment. As far as symptoms, patients will typically have a cosmetic deformity and or pain. With respect to cosmetic deformity, patients may have a medial deviation of the fifth toe and or prominence of the fifth metatarsal head. As far as pain, they may have a lateral bunion, plantar callus, and the condition will be worse with constrictive shoe wear. On physical exam, inspection may reveal plantar or lateral hyperkeratosis, a widened forefoot, erythema, and a swollen fifth bunion, and finally, make sure that you check the patient's shoe wear. As far as motion assessment, patients will often have a painless passive range of motion of the fifth metatarsal phalangeal joint. 
Moving on to imaging, recommended views on radiographs include a standard weight-bearing film, dorsal plantar, lateral, and oblique films. Characteristic findings include an increased 4-5 intermetatarsal angle, where normal is 6.5 to 8 degrees, an increased lateral deviation angle, where normal is 0 to 7 degrees, and increased width of the metatarsal head, where normal is less than 13 millimeters. As far as the CT scan, these ancillary studies are rarely required, but may be used if there is associated trauma or malignancy. Treatment of a bunionette deformity can be non-operative or operative. Non-operative management includes NSAIDs, shoe wear modification, orthotics, keratosis padding, and or callus shaving. This is indicated as first-line treatment for all types of bunionette deformity. It's also indicated for asymptomatic deformities. Some techniques to keep in mind include semi-rigid shoe inserts, wide base shoes, and stretching the forefoot of existing shoes. As far as outcomes, there's a 75 to 90% success rate. Operative options include a lateral condylectomy, distal metatarsal osteotomy, oblique diaphyseal rotational osteotomy, and metatarsal head resection. The indications for a lateral condylectomy is symptomatic type 1 deformities. The technique will involve resection of the lateral third of the fifth metatarsal head, and this will be combined with tightening of the lateral MTP joint capsule. As far as outcomes, keep in mind that a lateral condylectomy does not require extended periods of immobilization. A distal metatarsal osteotomy is indicated for long-standing or severely symptomatic type 1 deformity. It's also indicated for type 2 and type 3 deformities if the intermetatarsal angle is less than 12 degrees. As far as the technique for a distal metatarsal osteotomy, different techniques have been described, like a chevron medializing osteotomy, which is the most common, a distal transverse osteotomy, a peg and slot type osteotomy, or a step cut osteotomy. Remember that you have better stability of fragments with internal fixation, for example, a K-wire or a screw, and a distal metatarsal osteotomy may be combined with a distal condylectomy and tightening of the lateral capsule. As far as outcomes, a chevron osteotomy is biomechanically the strongest construct compared to other proximal osteotomies. An oblique diaphyseal rotational osteotomy is indicated for symptomatic type 2 and type 3 bunionette deformities if the intermetatarsal angle is greater than 12 degrees. The technique involves shaving the plantar aspect of the fifth metatarsal head if a plantar callosity is present. A proximal osteotomy should be avoided due to poor blood supply in this region of the metatarsal. Finally, fixation is achieved with the screw. As far as outcomes of an oblique diaphyseal rotational osteotomy, keep in mind that this procedure may produce a fifth metatarsal shortening. Metatarsal head resection is indicated for salvage procedures only, and it leads to unacceptable instability of the MTP joint. Complications of a bunionette deformity may include recurrence, transfer metatarsalgia, and claw toe. Recurrence is the most common complication with condylectomy alone. Transfer metatarsalgia is seen with isolated metatarsal head resection. Okay, now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. The first question reads, A 43-year-old woman with long-standing rheumatoid arthritis has a large prominence with soft tissue swelling under the fifth metatarsal head and over the lateral eminence of the fifth metatarsal phalangeal joint. She has minimal hammer toes with no significant metatarsalgia. 
radiographs show a 4-5 intermetatarsal angle of 7 degrees and a congruent 5th metatarsal phalangeal joint. What is the recommended surgical treatment to address this problem? And the choices are 1. Simple exostectomy, 2. Metatarsal head excision, 3. Distal metatarsal osteotomy, 4. Diaphyseal metatarsal osteotomy, and 5. Simple exostectomy with soft tissue mass excision. The correct answer to this question is 5, simple exostectomy with soft tissue mass excision. So exostectomy with soft tissue mass excision is the treatment of choice. The patient has a type 1 bunionette, but most of her symptoms are coming from a rheumatoid nodule that is under the metatarsal head. This is mainly a soft tissue problem and does not require any type of osteotomy because the 4-5 intramedullary angle is minimally elevated. A metatarsal head resection is commonly performed in patients with rheumatoid arthritis, but is not indicated in this patient because there is a normal fifth metatarsal phalangeal joint and no metatarsalgia. Moving on to the next question. Distal chevron osteotomies are most indicated for which of the following scenarios involving a bunionette deformity? And the choices are 1. Type 1 deformities in patients who will not tolerate weight-bearing restrictions postoperatively. 2. Patients with a laterally bowed 5th metatarsal, no keratotic lesions, and a normal 4-5 intermetatarsal angle. 3. Patients who remain symptomatic after prior extensive lateral condylar resection. 4. Type 3 deformity with a 4-5 intermetatarsal angle of 13 degrees. And 5. Painful type 1 deformity with associated intractable lateral keratotic lesions. The correct answer to this question is 2. Patients with a laterally bowed 5th metatarsal, no keratotic lesions, and a normal 4-5 intermetatarsal angle. So patients with a type 2 deformity, for example laterally bowed 5th metatarsal and normal intermetatarsal angle, require a distal chevron osteotomy. Coughlin's classification scheme for bunionette deformities, type 1 has a lateral prominence of the metatarsal, type 2 has a lateral bowing of the 5th metatarsal, and type 3 has widening of the 4-5 intermetatarsal angle. The review article by Cohen et al. review the workup and surgical indications for bunionette deformities. They state that lateral eminence resection may be considered in type 1 deformities in patients who will not tolerate weight-bearing restrictions associated with the osteotomies. With regards to type 3 deformities that have an increased 4-5 intermetatarsal angle, the authors state that these are best treated with diaphyseal osteotomies. This procedure is also for painful type 2 and 3 bunionettes with associated keratotic lesions. Finally, proximal osteotomies are recommended only in patients who remain symptomatic after undergoing a prior distal procedure. Coti et al. provide a review of bunionette deformities. They state that distal metatarsal osteotomies are indicated if medial translation of the head for one-third of the width of the metatarsal shaft produces a normal fourth-fifth intermetatarsal angle. And moving on to the final question, a diaphyseal 5th metatarsal osteotomy is the optimal surgical treatment for which of the following patients who has failed non-surgical management? And the choices are 1, 28-year-old woman with a Jones fracture non-union, 2, 50-year-old woman with a physiologic bow to the 5th metatarsal and a lateral prominence of the 5th metatarsal head, 3, 54-year-old woman with a widened 4-5 intermetatarsal angle and a lateral prominence of the 5th metatarsal head. 
for a 35-year-old woman with prominent lateral condyle of her fifth metatarsal head without bowing of the metatarsal and with a normal 4-5 intermetatarsal angle, and five 60-year-old women with rheumatoid arthritis and a plantar plate rupture. The correct answer to this question is three 54-year-old women with a widened 4-5 intermetatarsal angle and a lateral prominence of the fifth metatarsal head. So a bunionette or a Taylor's bunion is a lateral prominence of the fifth metatarsal head. To quickly review, usually a large 4-5 intermetatarsal angle and varus of the metatarsal phalangeal joint are associated with a tender prominence, but not always. Conservative measures include wide toe box shoes and pads. Surgical treatment is fairly rare and only appropriate when non-operative measures fail. A simple lateral eminence resection alone is indicated when the 4-5 intermetatarsal angle is normal, but there is risk of recurrence and for over-resection. A distal chevron osteotomy is reliable for those with the lateral bow to the 5th metatarsal, but a diaphyseal osteotomy of the 5th is needed if the 4-5 intermetatarsal angle is widened. Baumhauer et al. actually state that they favor distal chevron osteotomies in most cases because there is more reliable union in the more vascular distal regions than in the diaphysis. However, Cohen et al. argued that adequate correction can rarely be achieved without a diaphyseal osteotomy when the 4-5 intermetatarsal angle is increased. That's all for this review about bunionette deformity. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session by OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on orthobullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the OrthoBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from the OrthoBullets podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you aren't already, be sure to follow OrthoBullets on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow right here on the OrthoBullets podcast.